Hello everyone and welcome back to the Kids Grove Athletic Podcast. I think this is podcast number 12. I've lost count of uh, how many we've actually recorded. Uh, apologies for not having one out uh, last week. We took a bit of a uh, a week off, a bit of a, a break. We enjoyed the uh, sunny weather that we had. That was our summer holidays, but we're back. I'm, I'm pleased to say that we've got uh, Ben Derber back as well. Ben, uh, I bet you were uh, out sunny up in your... Uh, Garden uh, late last week uh, with that nice hot weather. Yeah, it was like you said, beautiful weather uh, last week. So it was just taking it in little while it lasts, and I was just enjoying the football. To be honest, just glad to have um, some form, even though it is not non-league. Um, unfortunately, back yet, I'm just fortunate and very happy to some have some sort of normality in the form of uh, live football that so that's what I've been keeping myself entertained with the last couple of weeks uh, to be honest with you Rich Yeah I must say uh, congratulations to Liverpool FC on uh, winning the uh, title and that's going to hurt Ian Cooper uh, here in this day that, uh, but we've got uh, another guest on uh, and that this week is Dave Hamnett Dave thanks for joining us uh, on the podcast No thank you guys thank you and we had, uh, I think it was about episode four, uh, we had the uh, management team on and Dave uh, called and joined us. So it's fantastic that we're able to bring him on uh, this weekend. We've finally been able to speak to all the management. Uh, Dave, can you just start by giving us a bit of a, uh, like a rundown of your uh, footballing career and how you got to Kidsgrove Athletic, which I think was about three years ago now? And, uh, this is like my third season coming up now. Yeah, it's my third season. Well... Basically, I, was, I don't suppose I was a real very good footballer. I was always a roundabout, so I wasn't really like a Scott Dundas and the Antbuckles. But um, I was, I was like just, just. I used to follow Stoke more than anything, basically home and away. So I wasn't really interested in Saturday. But um, I joined the Sunday club, but then White Star. So basically, most of my football up until about 2010, I think it was, was basically Sundays. Um, running, playing, etc. for some size. And then um, Aunt Buckle took me to Carlton with them. <clears throat> um, I obviously knew about Scott and people like that, obviously, through, through the Sunday football connections. But uh, Aunt Buckle took me to Carlton with him and Twiggy, Dan and Twig. And uh, basically, that's how we sat this started. Um, and that was it. And I was at Carlton with them. We had a, I really enjoyed it and started going from there. And then can't <clears throat> to go to Kids Grove. Dan, I think Dan and Twig give up to go golfing or something like that. So basically, I got nowhere to go. And then Scott asked me to go to Norton with him. So I went to Norton, and uh, basically, well, the, 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 I don't need to tell you about the Norton journey. That was that was absolutely brilliant from somebody who's, you know, not really won anything uh, in Saturday football to actually what we were doing, uh, winning the the Northwest Counties, and then the FA Cup run was fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, we all know the end of what happened to, to Norton United. And then I was with Scott. I went from there to um, Witten. Uh, we didn't stay too long at Witten. We went from Witten. I was on holiday. I had a phone call that we'd gone all Sega. And that's, I suppose that's my biggest regret. It's not keeping all Sega up. I think we were 21 points behind in, in something like November. And we went to the last day of the season. So we gave that a go. And we went to Newcastle. Then from Newcastle, obviously, we went down to Town. Uh, in the first season that we were there, we made the playoffs, which was, which was decent. And then um, I had an offer from Kidsgrove, which has always been the love. I, I live about 500 yards from the ground. 
I've always done little bits of whichever bench, always been with kids going. Uh, Ian come over and made me an offer to, to go to kids Grove and, and, and that was it. And it's also the town. There was no fallout of me and Scott, but basically that was my football journey and that's how I got to kids Grove basically. And that was it. And I think from the management team that uh, the club has managed to assemble, it's fair to say that it's all local lads. You said you're 500, you live 500 yards from the ground. Uh, Bucko lives in uh, kids Grove, so does Scott. I think uh, uh, so does Scott Bentley. So it's a very much a local, uh, a local management team, and that's really what the essence of non-league football is. Really, is the uh, local, is the locality of everyone, and being the heart of the community. Yeah, um, the old kids grow size, the mid-chester size, the ones that won it, and, and just, we used to all follow them. And they had tremendous, and the lads that got to the semi-final as well. They, um, they were all local lads. It was mostly local lads. Um, you know, you got like uh, Ant Buckle and people like that. I know he wasn't in that squad, but it was a start on Scott Dundas, Scott Bentley, uh, you know, and uh, Monty and people like that. And you were all like local lads. So it was like you weren't doing any travelling uh, to it. It was like, and the atmosphere was good, the atmosphere. But saying that, the atmosphere come back rather like a couple of seasons ago, kids ago when we went on the FA Cup run, that was probably one of the highlights of my career, really. It was, it was a kids ago FA Cup run. Uh, it was so good that was, um, but yeah, most 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 successful sides I think do use the community a lot, and I think that's what's in in <coughs> Ian and uh, Mitch and Janet's mind when they've actually put this management team together. But I worked with Ant. I was at Castle with Ant and Scott Scott Bentley, uh, but I've been with um, Scott Dundas from uh, about 2012, I think it was, as a lad, uh, 13 something like that. So um, we are known to one another. It isn't as if it's like being thrown, thrown together. Um, so yeah, I think the local um, and the local community needs something to hear about, especially in these sort of times. So yeah, it's good. It's good. And uh, when you were first appointed to uh, first joined the club, you were director of football. Can you just talk us through what a director of football role is? Because I know there's, I think there's quite a lot of misconceptions in football as to what that role does. Uh, and in terms of how it works in the management structure? Um, in the management structure, basically, I was representing the board, weren't I? So I represent Kidsgrove within that, whereas the manager is like a separate, he's hired by the board. So basically, I was, um, you know, it's, I wait for the kid at club and not for the manager, if you understand that. So, and also, um, I, th- I found it, that's the main reason I found it quite hard. Um, I found it really hard to separate yourself from something like that. I mean, Ryan was a great lad, um, absolutely fantastic. Not that the board did anything to do with Ryan, I don't mean that <laughs> the least. But what I'm saying is, um, you become close and you become friends. Um, and it's, it's quite hard. And it was a job that I didn't, don't relish. And I don't even think I did the job particularly well. Um, you know, um, so... I can't really explain what the, the role was. It was like being available, uh, helping out where you can, having a look at players, doing some scouting, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, also looking, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching Ian Donaldson's side. I think they were a good young side and things like that. And that's through watching that, we managed to promote a few into the first team. You will Saxons, I picked, I looked at senior league. Um, you, you know, your Kingsley's, um, that, that was somebody else who went out and watched and, and things like that. So those are the sort of things that I did. That was what my role I was doing in, within the club, basically. It's an odd role. Um, 
Um, so really, it was like between the committee and uh, the, the people who run the club and the manager. It wasn't like that, if you understand me. It was like um, basically just helping with management and things like that because I couldn't, I couldn't define the role. That's basically what I'm trying to say to you. I can't define the role. It's quite an hard role to, to, to define. I mean, I used to see you on match days when you used to be taking breakfast into the into the um, into the um, clubhouse and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know really what the, the the role really entails. Basically, I don't know if that answers your question. Or not. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's your uh, that's your understanding of the role, and yeah, that's important. And that's why we have uh, guests like yourself on is to understand what you know what what a role is. You know, I mean. Me and Ben, yes, we cover football, but we don't understand, you know, what goes on in the dressing room. We don't understand what happens in the management's office or even the di- or the, you know, the director's room. So it's important we have yeah. you guys on. And uh, I think Scott's moved you more onto the uh, coaching side of the, the management team. So I guess you're going to enjoy that a lot more uh, than being I director of football. Yeah, I'll enjoy that more. It's more of the management part. Um, but saying that, you know, I'd, I'd wait for Kidsgrove, whatever they wanted me to do, if they wanted me to do anything. I'd, I'd, I'd really, Kidsgrove's very close to me. So, yeah, it's an ideal job. It's my dream job, basically, do the management at Kidsgrove. Um, so, yeah, it's like I've, I've finally got there, should we say. Um, so, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. And like we said, we're not strangers to one another. So, I think there's a good good management team there and from what I gather we're getting a great squad together so hopefully fingers crossed this is a, this is a year hopefully yeah absolutely I think everyone listening will agree we hope this is the year I mean just taking you back a couple of years to your first season you mentioned it as your highlight and we've mentioned it practically every podcast we need to think one of those little uh, chime things that goes off when we mention it uh, the FA Cup run of the 2018 uh, what's your uh, out, uh, outstanding memories uh, from that cut run. <laughs> well, uh, all of it. Basically, I remember, and and what <clears throat> what really stood out is that how much the club means to some fans. Well, even to the, like the, the the people who run it, the club, the fans. We got fans like when well, I think it was at Ramsbottom. We got a replay, uh, gone back up to Ramsbottom on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, I think. And uh, we got up there and we went into extra time and penalties and people were going wait the next morning. So I think it was something like 4 to 12 or something like that when we left the ground and still got, got back home. And they stayed all the way through it, you know, and the, the, the fans are absolutely tremendous, some real diehard fans at Kisgo, that sort of thing. Um, when we went to Atherton and they were top of the league and nobody gave us a chance and we beat them there. Uh, then Wakington away. Oh, what an experience that was. That was when, like when we all stayed up there and <clears throat> fell fairness to the Coops. Um, I mean, what they did was fantastic. The players were weighted on. They were looked after really professionally. We went and played work. We didn't got the result. We wanted to come back to get to here. Um, <laughs> and about that was, um, I was going to take you on the Monday that the FA Cup draw was. And I'm on my way to uh, Birmingham Airport with the wife and the people we were going away with. And the FA draw was on. <clears throat> and when we come out against Dartley Pool away, I said, oh, I've got to come back for that if we get through on the Wednesday. And the wife actually did. She stayed out with friends in Turkey. I actually flew back on the Thursday night, uh, Wednesday night so I could take part in, in the tie 
a Charlie pool, basically. I, I should have stayed there. That's what she stayed in Turkey uh, with our friends. And I come back and, and went to Charlie pool with Kids Grove and wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, the yeah. wife doesn't, of course. But, well, uh, no, she <laughs> so I flew back from Turkey on the, on the Wednesday night uh, to go up to Artico on the Friday. And oh, it was absolutely brilliant. But what I do remember about that was uh, when I was at Norton, we did the FA Cup and we got the first round. Uh, and we got beat. We got beat thoroughly. The hardest part about the one uh, is when we went to Artico was the second half was probably one of the finest performances I've ever seen by a team, uh, a kids' group team. And we should have won. We should have won. We beat them. We, uh, to the point to where their crowd stood up and clapped the lads at the end. You know, they were saying, well, you should have won. You should have won, basically. And, and, and that was it. And then I had to get the journey back down with my daughter. And it was delicious. You know, it was so so flat. You'd, be, you'd had everything there up for that 90 minutes. And then the journey back down. And it was flat. And it was, it was all I got over. And then... Uh, I think the lads went up to Colne on the Wednesday night and won 3 1. I think that was the last decent result we put together for a few weeks. But um, yeah, all oh, the memories, I can't even start on them. It was, it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant, especially with yeah. your own club. Yeah, it was a fantastic run that was. Uh, oh, I've, I've, I've actually talked about it in the every podcast so far. So there's a whole back catalogue of my. Uh, Memories as well out there, uh, but just touching that, uh, that game on the Wednesday after Cole. I mean, you get some teams that go to such a high of play, you know, Hartlepool, big massive ground, full of the football league. You know, everyone knows what Hartlepool United is all about. Uh, to put into such a performance, to then go to Cole on the Wednesday night, a lot of teams would have probably lost at Cole uh, on that Wednesday. I know Leek, they went to Cole uh, that season and lost. So to go to Cole and win there. You know, how much of a big result was that for kids going, uh, going back to that well, time? I, I, what it was is, is, well, we got there late. I think we got there late, so we didn't have much of a warm-up. Um, and we've got a depleted depleted squad as well. I think there's something like only 13 managed to make the journey because of weight commitments and injuries, etc. because we were always having a small squad. But the football that we played that night against Cone, it was absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, and some of the goals he scored, I think, if I remember rightly, um, I can't remember who it was, he scored a thunderbolt from about 35 yards, something like that, it was a goal and half, and, and yeah, um, it's, it, you know, it was, uh, it was the character that was there, and players will come and go, but the character, hopefully, with Scott, he, he always makes a good dressing room, so hopefully, we can get that sort of spirit back, because that was a good spirit, you know, that was one of the best, Kids Grove's performances, them two games that I've seen for a long, long time. A long time. Yeah. yeah. And then, as you said, you, there was a bit of a dip. I can remember the dip quite well. It kind of lasted to just before Christmas time. Why do you think that was? Was it just the exhaustion? We had quite a few league games to catch up on. Uh, the FA Cup run. Uh, and what, have you, what, the, what did the management team pinpoint it down to uh, at the time? Well, there's, there's a few missed, there's a couple of things that, 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 that do. I think, yeah, it was the fixtures. But I think that if you have a look, right, and you, this, is, this is the biggest puzzle with me at Kisgrove, is this. If you have a look over the last couple of seasons, you'll notice that the away form is always better than the home form. 
And I think if you check and you have a look, it isn't far the same. I think that, like, we've started, we've talked about it, like, oh, well, over the phone and things like that with Scott and Anton, Scott Bentley, um, and we, we sat down and we, we spoke about it. We want to guarantee our own <coughs> and support us. And you've been there at yourself and you've seen some of the games where we've been winning 2-0, 3-0, something in the cricket game to come back. And I think just little bits, all it is is little bits of tweaking because the teams that we've had there in the last couple of seasons could compete with anybody at any time. And I think it's a consistency thing. But our own form has always seemed to let us down. You know, no, that's the wrong thing to say. I just wish it was as consistent as his away form, basically. Do you understand what I mean? And I think... When you, you go on these cup runs and things like that, and, and I do think it does take a lot of, of things and then the pressure of coming back and trying to perform the same way in front of a, your own crowd sometimes puts pressure on the players as well. Just uh, pulling up a program of a software program I've got on my computer, you can track the seasons, you can track home performances, away performances. And for the 2018-19 season, which was the Artlepool uh, cup run season, if we just played the season away from home. Hillsborough would have finished eight, four points off the playoffs, whereas if we'd been home, it would have finished 10th, 10 points off the playoffs. And then home and away, uh, we finished 10th with 58 points. And Ramsbottom, who finished in the final playoff place, finished on 72 points. So I exactly see where you meet just taking that season into alone uh, in terms of you know consistency at home and away. So I think if we can you know certainly match the consistency at home as we can on the road, then I think yeah, we'll certainly be right up the table. I'm just going to hand over to uh, my colleague, Ben, who I know has probably got some uh, questions for you uh, as we go on in this podcast. Okay, yeah, no you're right, Dave. Just a couple of uh, questions to start off with. Obviously, like I said, you're enjoying your time at Kids Grove Athletic um, at the moment. Obviously, Scott's come in now. First of all, Having worked for you in the past, how 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 looking how much looking forward are you to be working by your side again and in a bit more of an advanced role this season, in more of a coaching role? How are you looking forward to that partnership with him again? I know you've had a past relationships in terms of working relationships with Scott Bentley and Adam Buckle. How important will that to progress forward this Kesgrove team? I think what it is with Scott, basically, um, it's, Ant might be there as assistant manager and Scott might be there as a, a coach and myself. Um, basically, it, we're all the same. He, he doesn't uh, do that. I remember a game with, with Scott when we, we, we were playing uh, and it was for, for go up from the Northwest Counties and there was me and a, a lad called Chavs that were, was there. And he, he asked us about our team selection and we actually... Um, went against what he wanted to do, and it was the right decision at the time. So he's he's, he's a very he's a thoughtful manager. He's very he, he thinks a lot of the time, and he takes on board what you you've got to say. And yeah, he's, he, and like even like you say, the goalkeeping coach, everybody will have an input into it, and and that's the sort of guy he is. Uh, yeah, he's very very easy to work with. He's a player's player, you know, Scott, as he knows when to put his arm around the player and, and when not to. You understand what I mean? So yeah, really looking forward to working with the three guys, not just uh, Scott, but all three of them. 
And in the last couple of weeks, in the last two weeks, we've been able to, well, we've had a retained list come out and I think we've been able to keep 10 um, of our our players. Obviously, having spoke to maybe Scott in the last couple of weeks, how important is that for the club moving forward as well? Obviously, we've kept some key names in there. Obviously, Keenan Harrison, who had a fantastic season last season, like to uh, Oliver Jepson, Tom Frantonell, so midfielders of Carl Blake. We knew about the contract signing of Anthony Malbim and also we've been able to keep uh, uh, Ruben Wiggins, Thomas and Kingsley Adagamphy in there. How important to uh, maintain some stability for a season where I think the whole club wants to aim for a, play, a playoff push and a playoff finish? Um, I think the way that the lads have played in the last two seasons shows that they, they, they're close enough to get into the playoffs. That sort of thing. When Scott, when I spoke to Scott, as soon as he got the kids' group job, his main aim was to try and keep as many as the lads together. Uh, he, he did admire the way that they played in the, in the way, and that's uh, been a massive, massive bonus to us that, that, that the ten, 10 of them have actually decided to stay. Uh, Malves, we all know about Malves, you know, he's, he's, Probably the jewel in the crown, and then you've got um, Rubens, who's got all the experience. You've got you've got Kinsley, who's still learning at this level. Ali Gepo um, is is all art. He's, he'll, he'll give you hundred uh, percent. Yeah, so the majority of players, uh, Pranic coming back from an injury. When well, you saw him when as soon as he come back, the impact he made on a couple of games. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the future's bright. I, th- I think the future's going to be good at Kitsuru. And earlier on, you mentioned about uh, Kingsley Adugamphy, that you were the one that actually uh, watched him. It were well, it were an integral reason for him being brought to the club. Obviously, Kingsley, um, he got brought in from Silverdale after I believe scoring sixty goals in their uh, in their obviously title-winning season of the Staffordshire Senior League. Obviously, it was a bit lower down. What made you believe that? Um, he was he was good enough to make that progress a significant progress up a few steps up to the uh, well to the Bedford to uh, southeast uh, well Bedford to southeast division that Kisco were currently playing and I think that he's proven to be at that level. But at the time, which was around about a year ago, what what made you bring him in, if you like? Um. I'd watched him. Uh, when you're scoring them amount of goals, you've got to be in the position to score them amount of goals. And it was his, it's his strength. His, his strength is unbelievable. He can team players. Um, he's a strong lad. And I just knew that at this at the sort of level um, that he needed a season to, to actually get there. Um, going back once again, um, another one as well, Satsu was another one. Um, you just know that you've got that extra bit that he can actually give you. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, local players that sometimes get bypassed for whatever reason. I thought with Kingsley, I'd watched him for nearly a full season. I'd been on the phone to him non-stop for months and months and months. And then <laughs> eventually we managed to get him down. And in all fairness to Ryan, Ryan believed everything. You know, he told me, I told him what he was like and he knew what he was like. So Ryan started talking to him. And basically, that's the reason we bought him. We did realise his strength is unreal. He's, he's, he's such a strong, powerful lad. And I think now, I think after this one season, uh, I do think that um, you know we'll see the best of Kingsley for the next season. Hopefully, fingers crossed. 
Yeah, I do totally agree with you. Obviously, we're going on to Ryan Austin. Obviously, like you said, you've worked with the current three management staff at the moment. But was what was your relationship like with uh, with Ryan? Is was there kind of a disappointment seeing go, and was it a kind of feeling that maybe the job wasn't uh, quite done? What What are your overall feelings on Ryan Austin's tenure at Kesco Athletic? I think he'd been the three years. I do think over the three over the three seasons that he was there, Ryan, he's such a nice lad as well, and we come so close to him. And I, I, I think over the three seasons, Kisgrove have improved, but I think sometimes it becomes like a comfortable slipper, don't it? Um, sometimes the change is as good as the rest. Um, and you know, I, I, I do feel like that. Um, when we, we, you know, we had Josh from Stoke and he was in and he was coaching. I mean, Ryan had to do everything in the last year. It was quite hard for him to, to, to do every, every bit. So I did actually help along the management part of it and we come quite close to him. But I do feel that, I, I do think that it was time for change, basically, because, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes it becomes like a comfortable slipper. Uh, but no, he's a great guy, he's, and I wish him all the best at Carlton. And I'm sure that, it, that he will do, eventually become, you know, a, a good manager. Uh, well, he was a good manager, but eventually become a, a, a manager that wins trophies. And you said, like you, you just said there, that it was it was time for change, and obviously that change has happened now. Would you say that part of uh, that need for change? if you like, was down to, I know obviously the season it finished early, but in the end, we, uh, we so from so around Christmas time, we looked to be in a pole position to with games in hand to maybe finish in the playoffs and that kind of swindled away and petered away with a couple of uh, bad results. Obviously, Ryan had not won in nine games in, in normal time, in all competition at the time he got sacked. Would start an element to why he got sacked as well uh, due to his obviously falling away from our hopes of playoffs? I think, yeah, and I, you see, behind the scenes, kids grow, people work so hard and, and like, there's a budget there and things like that and you try and make a budget and, and at Christmas, um, we like you say, we were, we were pushing for playoffs but it's, it's such an expensive thing. I think there was something like three or four weeks that we didn't play and then we played a game and then we didn't play and, and we couldn't keep them. And also with Kids Group, I think what, what did let us down, if anything let us down more than anything, I would say, um, you know, loan players, if, you, if you're loaning a player from a club, then they've got the, the right. And sometimes when we needed a fullback, I always remember and we were going somewhere and we, we could have stayed in the play, but still wanted the fullback back and, we were then after the right back and we couldn't get one and things like that. So I think with, I've been with Scott a few years now and I think with him, you know, he, he doesn't really, he won't, he, he's, he's, he would do, but I think he, he'd rather have their own players so that you're not actually loaning players all the time so that you can get a consistent see within the dressing rooms and also on, on the pitch. And um, he's always had that sort of philosophy, Scott. And I think that's, and I think that in the end, uh, with not having a big squad, uh, did actually lead to the falling away of, of us uh, within the promotion places. And I do think that's that's where it was. And like I said, uh, Coops and them are work so hard off the pitch to get the, the funds so that we can actually work, uh, so we can actually uh, go forward. And sometimes 
when they don't have a fixture, it, it, it reflects on that. And the squad wasn't big enough, nowhere near big enough. So I don't know whether that answers your, your question at all. Yeah, 100%. Just a couple of more uh, from me. Obviously, like in episode four of the podcast, he spoke to Scott, and it's clear that, um, especially over the next couple of seasons, he wants to uh, get Kisco out this div- division and wants to even push for playoffs this season. How much with the squad we've got at the moment, you'll know better with anyone actually knowing the current squad and being in, in and around the dressing room, how much of a realistic chance have we got for that? Well, what are the whole morale of the squad? And uh, most importantly, do they have the ability and the mentality to get there? Yeah, um, yeah. It, sometimes it isn't about um, it's about the lads that you're working with a lot of the time, the 10 lads that have stayed quite close to one another. And all I can do is, and I know I keep bringing it up, bring back to the Norton sort of attitude, was that the... the they never stopped. They, they never stopped working for one another. And I think at this present time, we've got a squad that worked for one another. And I think just, I, I would say, I mean, forwards, if you have a look at the forwards we've got, we've got like uh, three or four forwards now. Uh, we've got people that are joining us that are also forwards or coming for trials that are having a look at. So forward plays fine. Midfield is fine. I, I would say with another three players who could compete at this and you'd have a good bench and you could three or four players and I'm sure that we could I would say that we've got an excellent chance of making the playoffs I really do especially with the squad uh, the 10 players that have stayed yeah, and the final one for me, you mentioned a little bit about it there. Obviously, we have lot. Obviously, keeping the main manager to retain ten of the players last season, but we have lost a couple of players. Obviously, the reliable centre back partnership of Richard Duffy and um, James Butler, it unfortunately, obviously left uh, the squad after uh, after James was there for two seasons, and Duffy was only there uh, for a season. Obviously, Alex Morris uh, has left, been a reliable left back for the last couple of years. In terms of replacing them and uh, adding depth uh, to the side and the squad, uh, like you did say, that's something that he, he, Scott is trying to do. How, are we close to bringing in any uh, new any new additions in, um, or is that going to take a little bit of time? Obviously, we don't know when the season's going to start yet. Is it going to be a gradual process? What are we looking like on the signings front? On the signings front, I think. Um, in, in his mind, we've got, like I said, five or six more players to to, to come in for competition for the for the squad. Obviously, uh, obviously, defenders. We've lost some good, some good lads, Butler and, and you know, uh, good lads. Uh, wish them all the best. You know, they wanted to play higher. I just wish they'd given another season because I'm, I'm sure with them we would have actually been in the same places. Mikalova. Um, yeah, I do think that. Um, I think that the, the difference is, it's like Scott said, this, the experience that we've got within the management team, we know what we want and who we want, and if we can get available. The same On the same thing, if you turn the card over, if you, please, I hope not, um, the Adlon team injuries, like Mars and Butler, we'd still have to replace them anyway. So this is the sort of thing that we have to look at. You, you know, you... Um, you you always got to replace or you've always got to look to go forward. Even now, uh, you know, I know that as soon as the games start that I'll be looking and I know that Antwell will all be out at games, different games, looking, trying to improve what we've got. And that's, I think, where it comes in because if you just stay normal, if you just stay as you are, as you are 
then unfortunately, as I said, it becomes a comfortable slipper and things happen and you know, you you know, you don't you just go through motions sometimes. Not that I'm saying that they do, but I think the competition actually brings success. So yeah, I, I do think that we're on the right way. Brilliant. And um in that, obviously, I think Rich released an article on actually the retain list, and Scott has said that he has been speaking to a couple of more players about staying next season. Is any further news on that? Is there any um, any more progress on that, or are the players that are still obviously unsure whether uh, looking at their option and whether they're going to be staying at the club? Are we any closer on a decision on that? Have you got any updates or news on that front for us, Dave? Uh, I spoke with Scott on Sunday, I think it was. We we still talking to players. We still want players. And even like we um, we we continually talking to players. I, I hopefully hope that um, the the guy uh, one of you know the guy that we're talking to does stay. But it's his choice at the end of the day. Um, we would still have to go through the season. We would still find it, you know, we still have to put 11 players on the pitch and all of them that want to play for Kersgrove and all of them want to wear the shirt. So, you know, um, we can put it like this. I know that we could, we could, if we had to kick off next week, we could kick off next week with a side that could, could actually win the game basically against anybody. Brilliant. That's all the questions for me for now. I'll hand you back to Rich. Thanks, Thank ben. you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Dave. Uh, as everyone knows, we record this mainly on Zoom and we've got uh, three minutes left. So I think that's a great place uh, to wrap it up, what Dave was saying there about uh, if we had a team, if we had to kick off the season tomorrow. I mean, it's 1st of July, so we really should be playing, uh, getting ready for pre-season, but obviously we're not. Uh, just what your final thoughts uh, on uh, looking forward to next season, uh, Dave, uh, how how do you think we're going to you know, be able to progress uh, over the next twelve months under the new management team? Um, well, the new management team into Kisgrove, they're good workers. They've, they've been into the game long enough to experience. And all fairness to Ryan, when he came into the job, it was his first managerial job. Whereas these guys all know what they're doing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I do hope. Well, I know that. Um, the season doesn't lie at the end of the season I'm sure that we'll be pushing into, into the playoffs I'm sure we will Rich Excellent so I think that's a great place to uh, end the podcast some great positivity uh, now what we always like to hear thanks uh, Dave for coming on for the podcast and taking time out yeah, uh, I can imagine what's a very busy schedule Ben thanks for uh, joining us uh, once again on the podcast as we say at the end of all these podcasts Follow the government advice. Stay safe. Stay at home. You've got the Premier League to watch. I know it's not non-league football. It's not the beauty. <laughs> Kids grow athletic. But hey, uh, we can't have everything we want in the world. Uh, and well, I, I, yeah. I watch the Kids Grove games back and things like that. I'm not interested in the Prem. I do apologise to people who are, but I'm not interested in the Premier League whatsoever. Grassroots um, football, I'll always, I'll always watch that sort of thing. And in fact, I'd rather watch the Exeter and uh, watch a game, Northampton game the other day than I would watching Man City play United or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm grass, grassroots through and through. So, so you take care, Richard. Thank you. Yeah. I hope that was all right. That was excellent. Thank you, Dave. And uh, 
we'll hope to speak to not only yourself, but we'll hopefully speak to everyone again soon. Uh, so from yourself, Rich Scott, Ben Derbert and Dave Hamlet, thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening, guys.